Hey family, you're tuning in to the Jimmy Bonds podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Pardon any technical difficulties as we are recording live on the Zoom platform. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy. Lights, camera, action. Some people thought I quit and I ain't giving satisfaction. From a different era, writing rhymes up on napkins. What you had to say was more important, man, than traffic. Yeah, I'm talking back. What's good, family, and welcome to another episode of Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. This episode is sponsored by Onyx Artist Sonic Cafe. I'm your host, Jimmy Bonds, along with my co-host, Ty T.Y. What's good, Ty? How you feeling? All good in the neighborhood, Jimmy. Live from the 215. Live from the 215. Wow. You know how we do. And you know, I can't forget my other co-host. I love you, Miss T with the T. What's up, T? How you doing? I'm doing good, Jimmy. How about you? I'm doing well, mama. I'm doing well. Remember, family, you can call us with your comments or questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can remember you can follow us on Instagram at jimmybondspodcast, on Twitter at Podcast Bonds, and make sure you follow the Jimmy Bonds Podcast Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. We're going to continue to open the dialogue. Moving right along, family. Tonight, 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 we have a very, very special guest that I am humbled and honored to have on our show. Family, she has an extensive track record, and you know I got to go down and give the track record and tell tell you who she is, what she's done. Before I do that, I just want to say that this guest that we have on tonight is special for many reasons, but, you know, we'll get to it in a second. Let me let you know about what she's done so far. So in her career is extensive. She's covered 50 years of comedy entertainment. She is the only renowned African-American female impressionist. She's one of the first solo artists to tour with Whitney Houston, sometimes filling arenas full of 30,000 people. She has hosted a roast for the heavyweight champion Muhammad Ali at the Apollo Theater. She was an associate writer for SNL. She opened for acts such as Gladys Knight, Shaka Khan, Cher, and The Temptations. She has written a number of books, such as Me, Satan, God, and COVID-19, as well as, has, as well as her autobiography, Almost There, Almost. She's also received the honorary doctorate, so we call her Dr. Morrison. But family, I like to describe her as original, classic, a pioneer, heroic, brilliant, artistic, gifted, encouraging, refreshing, diverse, genuine, and dynamic. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please introduce you to Dr. Sylvia Tremor Morrison. Dr. Morrison, what's up? Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for coming on the show. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? I want to meet her. All of that, I want to meet her. Thank you so much, Jimmy. That was, that was, that was. Oh my God! Thank you. Oh, you are so Thanks. welcome. You are so you you are greatly you greatly deserve that intro. Believe me, believe me. But thank you. I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let Sister T kick it off with her question because I, I definitely want to get our sister in first. So Sister T, go ahead, go ahead and drop your question for us. Well, the first one: How did you like start off? Like, how did you know you had this special gift? You know, and I love I I I'm so glad you asked that because I probably it. <laughs> Okay, here's here's the answer to that. I must have been about five years old and I could hear things. I could I could hear them. And not only could I hear them, I could make the same sounds. For instance, I knew when bumblebees were around. I could tell you in an instant the bumblebees were on their way. 
I would go in the house after playing all during the day at night and I would hear crickets. So I would imitate crickets inside my house. And my folks thought the crickets were in the house. And it got so that anybody I was around, I could imitate them. And people started thinking it was a gift. You know, they were like, how do you do that? I don't know. (laughs) I have no clue how I do it. I just hear you talking. I start talking like you. So that was how it all started. And um, it got so that I started doing birthday parties and backyard cookouts and weddings because there was no platform. There was no stage for a young girl who is a potential comedian because every time she does these impressions, people laugh and there was just nowhere for me to go. And so finally I started doing people at school, my teachers and the principal and just everybody around me. And it just, it just kept going and kept going. But again, there was no platform. There were no comedy clubs. There were no places for me to go and, and entertain people. So I just, I just loved it. I loved it. And I continued on until finally I was getting a little disappointed because there was nowhere for me to go. You know, where am I going to do? How am I going to do this? You know, the schools might've come up with something. We had talent shows, you know, we did all of that, but I was watching TV one night. I mean, it was a show called the Flip Wilson show. Now you guys are are pretty young. You may not have heard of, of look at Jimmy shaking his head. Yeah. Cause Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I've heard of Flip Wilson. I'm watching the Flip Wilson show, and four of the most unbelievably, absolutely gorgeous black women in their early, I mean their late teens, early 20s, come out on the Flip Wilson stage. And I'm like, oh my God, how did they get on TV? How'd they do that? And they must have heard me in my spirit, asking that question. Because the the girl who was Miss Black America said, well, we're from the Miss Black America pageant. And I I said, well, how do you get into the, this is me talking at home, right? But they're on TV. Well, how do you do that? And she said, what you have to do, it was almost like, you know, they were were following me in my mind and question, what you have to do is, um, you have to put in an application because um, we couldn't apply for the Miss America pageant because in order to be in the Miss America pageant, rule number seven says you have to be a Caucasian. Mm-hmm. So Mr. J. Mars Anderson created the Miss Black America pageant. So I said, I can do that. Oh my God, I can do it. I can do that. That I can do. So I applied, you know, I got my little application and I applied and I'm going to make this story real short, although it's wonderful. It's a wonderful story. I entered the Miss Black America pageant and I ended up tying with a girl named Bernadette Stannis, who happens to be Thelma from Good Times. And that, in that day, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, and you know, the crazy yeah, that's thing my is, boo too. <laughs> the night we tied, we had to, they asked us another question so that we could break the tie, see who won. And I won. But that night, and it's not a but, it's like an oh my God. They gave her a card to come and audition for Thelma. And they sent me to Europe to entertain the American troops from the Vietnam War. So it was like a double win. It was like an amazing, amazing, amazing situation. That's amazing. And during that process, I got to be on national television. So that was the first, that was like maybe the first big thing that happened for me, being in a beauty pageant. And I wasn't even thinking about the beauty. I was thinking about the talent part. I could, I was imitating by that time, a guy named 
Ed Sullivan, who was like the Oprah Winfrey of his day. Oh, yeah. Y'all got to remember, I've been doing this for 53 years. 53 so years. I'm going to take you on. I'm going to take you back to some stuff that people nowadays don't even know. And he was like the Oprah Winfrey of his, of our, you know, back then. And I was doing um, Jane Hathaway from the Beverly Hillbillies. Mm. Y'all are sh- some of mm. y'all shaking your head yes like you mm. know that's awesome <laughs> because you know what uh, i'm just veer away from that question for just a hot second in this day and time i feel it's my job to introduce to the younger people who are coming up because back then those people crawled so that i could walk mm. and i'm walking so that today you guys can run and yes, you'll yes. run so that yes. the generation behind you can fly. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's what that is. So I want I'm I'm introducing uh people from back in the day. I, I need to give them their respect mm-hmm. for paving the way for so many of the young people who are coming up today, who I am just absolutely thrilled to be able to watch what they do. When they told me about you, Jimmy, I was like, okay. I mean, the whole spirit behind this show. Is so positive that it was like a, it's like a privilege wow. for me to come here. You know, wow. it really is. You guys are, are on a mission. So, but anyway, I, I, I went to Europe um, to entertain the American <laughs> troops. And here I was from Washington, D.C. Hardly ever been out of the city. DC and I'm native. over in Europe in front of thousands and Thousands and thousands of men and women in uniform. I cannot tell you what that was like, especially since me being a female. And I see all these guys out there in uniform and all their eyes are on me. (laughs) So it was so rewarding. There was a guy back home who was watching me in magazines and uh, radio shows. And, you know, we didn't have the Internet, obviously. But he said he had never seen a a black girl doing impressions. So he wanted to meet me. So our chaperone came and said, Sylvia, we got a call from somebody very prominent and they want to meet you when you come back to the state. So they've provided a ticket for you to come out to LA when you get home. They want to see you live in person because Mm -hmm. you just can't imagine it. And that person who wanted to see me was a guy named Red Fox. Oh, goodness. Oh. Sanford and Son himself. Look at this. <laughs> See, this is why I'm already loving. This is already why I'm loving being on this show already. Okay. Let me meet Sylvia. Who did that? I did that. I did. That was good. That was good. And so um when I got to when I got home, I think it was the next day or two, what however meant, however long it was, they flew me out to LA and about eight, I met with maybe eight people and I was a little nervous because they said, we want to see what you do. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just got finished performing in front of 15, 20,000 soldiers. Now I got eight, I have eight people, but you got to do, you know, when they call you in Hollywood, you got to do do what you got to (laughs) do. Yes, ma'am. Oh God. So I'm thinking, I don't even know how to perform in front of eight people, but I got to do it. You know, I got to, and I did. And they had a contract already prepared for me. Mm. So I signed with Red Fox as my first manager without even consulting with a lawyer or anything. It was Red Fox. Okay. Yeah. What else I'm going like, to say to that? Right. 
What are you going to say yeah. to that? No, well, it no, was, I'm not going to sign with you, Mr. Red Fox. No, <laughs> I, I signed with him. And while I was in L.A. the, the, the first time with him, um, they didn't have any work ready for me. So I made my own work. I went out looking for clubs. And by this time, there was a white comedy club called The Comedy Store. And it's still huge today. It's like the biggest comedy store in the world. And I was in line with people like nobody had made it yet. Nobody. Jay Leno, David Letterman and my good friend, Robin Williams. Yes. And Robin Williams, who was Mork and Mindy, you know, he was the face behind uh, Mork. Um, he used to always say to me, you know what, Tell you're going to be big. You're going to be big. You're going to be big or you're going to be big. You know, and it's like, who knew that he was going to turn out to be just the most incredible television star ever yeah yeah and uh so i know that's a lot of answering to your question (laughs) oh no you you, it it doesn't even matter about what what you answered you answered everything that t asked i love love stories i love them i learn yeah that's exactly Uh, how you learn that's right see that's right i mean and my my bad look i'm 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 interrupting Ty. i know you got a question brother go ahead and, and and do your thing my fault yes dr morrison can you name some of your Favorite impersonations? You know what? I was just today. I love doing Whoopi Goldberg. As a matter of fact, Whoopi and Wendy are my go-to impressions when I'm doing shows. But here lately, um, I've been (laughs) practicing. Remember I said I had to, I'm doing stuff for the younger generation to pull them up to date on what's going on. So I've been handed a script to a one-woman play entitled The Return of Jackie Moms Mabley. So if you don't know who Jackie Moms Mabley is, she is the first black female comedian ever. Now, if you don't if you don't know who Moms Mabley is, you need to go check out mm-hmm. Netflix. It's yeah, a documentary on Ma- Moms Mabley. Yeah. He is Whoopi Goldberg did a documentary. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. And, and so, if you if you're gonna do that, yes. I mean wow, like that is an honor, really. You know what, to tell you the truth, Jimmy we're pretty much sold out on all the shows coming up that. And let me tell you another reason why I get to bring to the stage and T I really want you to hear this. I really want you to hear this. I get to bring to the stage eight, eight iconic women who paved the way, you know, we have like um, Ella Fitzgerald, Ella Fitzgerald in her day, she was the scat queen. And I've coined a phrase that scatting is rapping and rapping is scatting. Okay. Because you hear her, if you ever heard her scat, I don't even know if you know what scatting is, but it's a form of of singing and it's just, it's so jazzy. So I get to introduce to the public her, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, Billie Holiday, Aretha Franklin. These are women who've already passed on. And uh, okay, uh, Josephine Baker, who, by the way, one of her songs, she was she left America because they treated her so bad here. She went to Europe. And while in France, they just ate her up. They loved her. She was so amazing. She would sing parts of her song in French and parts of it in English. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring her out. I'm going to sing half a song in French and half a song in English. And then we have um, Pearl Bailey. All these ladies are were so amazing. Nancy Wilson. I'm trying. I'm hoping I don't forget anyone. It's my opportunity to take to bring these women to life 
so that I can introduce them to you guys. For people who have no clue who they are, you'll be able to see who was responsible for us being able to do what we do today. And again, I'll say it again. They crawled so that I could walk. I'm walking so that you guys can run and you'll run so that the generation behind you can fly. I love that. I just <laughs> love it, you know, Amen. because you guys are just getting ready to start running. If I mean, you're all not getting ready, but you're running now. And I tell people, you just never know when you're creating history. You're creating it right now, but That's you don't real. know until it's all been created. And they'll go back and say, well, you know, Jimmy Bonds was the first or, or T was, the, 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 you know, Tyrone. <laughs> it, it, it's like it's amazing. I never in my whole life dreamed that people would come after me and you know, want to talk about what I did back in the day when, when it was, you know, just, I was just doing stuff. And I, I, I tell people a lot that I loved what I was doing so much. I didn't get paid the first 10 years I was in comedy. I didn't get paid for comedy. I had to work jobs on the side, you know, in order to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was an airline stewardess. They call them flight attendants today. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot, of, it's a lot going on. So I wrote the autobiography so that people could I wouldn't have to just tell it all over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But now that, you know, podcasts are out and and virtuals are out, it's like a privilege to be able to do that. And certain shows, and I have to say this, I'm more of a privilege than others. You know, most people try to take the, the left road and say, well, e- each one is a privilege. But when they said Jimmy Bonds, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I looked up and checked out who this was. I was like, oh, he's amazing. He's Okay, this this works. This works. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, listen. From from what you've done in your career, again, I I am the team is extremely humbled by that. I mean, when we started the podcast, we never thought that we would be interviewing people of your stature, and wow. you know, we are blessed to even just have this opportunity. You know, <laughs> and and even saying that, look, I, I'm gonna start off with, with this. I'm, I'm gonna start off with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say seven words. And I want you to tell me what you think about when you hear these seven words, okay? Okay. You like playing with matches, don't you? <laughs> oh, my God. You got that from out of my book. You know I did. <laughs> Almost down. My mother whooped us. Oh, my God. Did we have a whooping? But 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 the thank you. I'm glad that you that that tell you know that speaks that speaks loudly um, for me. Um, it's I don't know if you guys know, but uh, I was the first black girl offered a job as an associate writer for Saturday Night Live. Well, yeah, yes. you said it. You said it in yes. the opening monologue. It was like one of those kind of situations. Of, and you know, I have another book called Jelly Beans from Heaven. Yes, yes, you and do. Jelly Beans from Heaven is probably my most popular book on Amazon because it's so different and it's so imagine it just d- digs into your imagination. I knew that it was going to soar because the book was given to me. I think one of my ancestors or God or somebody put it in my head while I was on stage. And it's uh, it's a fun book. It's it's a fiction, of course. But um, the autobiography was, I, I wrote that one. It took me five years to write that book. And I promised myself I wouldn't do no more. I don't want to be an author. I do not. That thing kicked my butt, but I got it finished. And I said, okay, that's it. I got my book out. And then here comes Jelly Beans from Heaven. 
Yeah. And then I catch COVID in 2020. Yeah. And COVID, it was say, me, Satan, God, and COVID-19 because all four of us were in the room together. And I had to tell the public about that experience because I didn't want anybody to ever have to go through that. Whatever it took, I needed for you to do what you had to do so that you wouldn't catch COVID. And now China and a couple of the other Eastern European, European countries yeah. are is coming back up. And it's yeah. like, please leave America alone. Just leave everybody alone. But, <laughs> you know, just, oh, jeez. I mean, and, 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 you know, one of the questions I always thought about was you have really evolved as from when you started to where you are now. What would you say? is the biggest part of your evolution. What would, what would you say is, is one of the, the main reasons you that you kind of evolved to be the, the person you are today? You know, I'm going to have to pay homage to uh, Whitney Houston. Mm. I'm going to have to pay homage to Whitney Houston. Whitney was in D.C. one night at the Warner Theater. This is when I first met her. The guy who was supposed to open for her thought it was Saturday when it was Friday. So she didn't have an opening act. So the promoters called me and said, can you come down and open for Whitney Houston? And I'm like, who? <laughs> you know? I said, did you say Whitney Houston? <laughs> they said, yeah, it was 20 minutes to eight. And they said the show starts at eight o'clock. Oh, goodness. So I'm in up, uptown north at 14th and Shepherd Street, northwest oh, yeah. in Washington, D.C. Yes. And I had to be down at the Warner Theater to open the show at eight o'clock. At 8.03, I walked out on the stage. And the Washington Post was there. They did a story and I still have the article it, because it warmed me so deeply. They, um, I got three standing ovations that night and the oh. article opened with standing ovations were a plenty. That's how magnificent the show was. And at the end of the show, Whitney comes over to me. She said, you know what? When I go on the road, I'm going to take you with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm going to take you with me. <laughs> I looked at her like... Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. So when her tour started, her people, I believe, suggested that she not take me, but because we were like the same black girl, look alike a little bit. You know, this she had Whitney coming out as a comedian, and then here comes Whitney the singer. No, well, you need a white guy. <laughs> so they got this guy, and for whatever reason, it didn't work. And she said, "I want Sylvia." I told you guys, I want Sylvia. So they brought me out and I did 23 cities with her. Now, when I tell you guys that Whitney was, her tour was another level. It was, I mean, I've been out with a whole bunch of people. I don't want to name them because, but, but I'm sorry. Whitney Houston's (laughs) tour was on a whole nother world. You know, I mean, the money that they spent on her tour, the people associated with her, she was winning Grammys and, just all kind of uh, awards. Every she was Whitney Houston. Yeah, yeah. And I knew at the time it was a gift to be able to travel with that woman. And I got to tell you guys this little quick story, right? Quick about Whitney. So we're on the road. I don't know where we are. And um, uh, it actually meshes into two stories, but I think you'll enjoy it. So I had to go to her room one day. I forgot what it was. I knocked on the door. She said, come on in. I could hear her saying, oh, I want to dance with somebody. You know, and I was like, oh, wow. So she said, hey, Sylvia. And I, whatever it was, I told her. And um, it was about a dress. And I looked at the dress and I said, oh, my God. Whitney, this dress is beautiful. She said, yeah, the designers send me clothes all the time, girl. Mm-hmm. 
They do. They send it to me all the time. Just as a matter of fact, there were so many dresses on this rack. I mean, it had to be about 50, 60, 70 dresses on the rack. People send her stuff. I'm telling you that 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 tool was like this. So I said, well, this one is beautiful. It has to be. She said, go help yourself. Take a few. Mm. I'm looking at the dresses. I'm looking. She said, go ahead. Take a few. Help yourself. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh, my God, please don't let the ghetto come out of Don't let the D.C. ghetto come out of me. Because she said, girl, if you don't get on over there and help yourself to those dresses. So I tried not to let my arm go like this. And the other one went like this. And I walked up to those dresses. I said, Sylvia, put your arms down. Don't do that. Don't do. And she said, take some dresses. So I reached in the dress rack and I grabbed as many as I could and I could hardly see my face. <laughs> I didn't know if I was embarrassed or not. And she said, because we were the same size, you know, everything we were, we were, we were, we, I told her she was like my little sister. And then we get to Canada and this night is probably in my top three favorite nights of my career. You guys don't mind if I tell you the story. Oh no. no. Oh no, please. Okay. So we're in Canada and I do the show, I do my show, and uh, I come off stage and, you know, her entire team, we would all go around to the front to watch her. Every night after my show, we would all go out and watch Whitney. And this particular night, she looks out in the audience, she looks at me and she says, and I'm like, to myself, what? What do you want? Why would you want? Well, what? I don't want to come up there with you because I didn't know what, what, you know, what did I do? Did I do something? So she said, I wouldn't go. So she sent security out to get me. And she brought me back on, they brought me back on the stage and took me directly to Whitney. And she looked at me, guys, and she took this hand right here and she held it up in the air. And in front of all 13,000 and some other people, she said, wasn't Sylvia great? Wasn't she great? (laughs) And I believe you could hear the roar of the audience for miles. And when she finished, I left the stage, went back to my dressing room, and I broke down and cried because Whitney Houston had just stamped me in front of thousands of people. Mm. And it was like one of the most rewarding times of my career. Mm. It was just amazing. So she died. I I, I wish that people knew the Whitney that I knew. I really do. Because they gave her a, a, you know. So I'm sorry. I get emotional when I tell that story. No, I'm emotional over here with you. I mean, I thank you. She, I mean, you. I used to dance at six years old, listening to Whitney Houston. I mean, I, nobody knows this about me, but my mom. Yeah, that was probably, that, that's probably the only person my mom would let me listen to at six years old was Whitney Houston. And that's I, I want to dance with somebody. That was that was the song I was singing <laughs> at six years old. So, you know, I, I had a. I'm not gonna say I knew Whitney, but I mean, I knew Whitney's voice. I knew her music. You know what I mean? But just to you to hear just to hear you talking about this experience with her, you know, it was it was truly I mean, we had she was it's one thing to do a show with her. But then to travel with her, she called us all in one night and she said, just the ladies, just the ladies. We're going to ride the bus. Yeah. On, you know, look, she she assigned me my own bus, my own limousine drive. You know, she was she. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That Whitney Houston was amazing. Yeah. She was an amazing person. And I'm so sorry that, you know, just everything that happened to her happened to her. But yeah, that was that was something I never forgot. And uh Tyrone, I know you had asked me a question earlier. I, I didn't get to um 
another part. Come on with the questions. Listen, okay, the the questions story. at this point, at this point, <laughs> they, they don't even matter. We just listen. We listening. You tell the story. We listening. It doesn't even matter. Forget the questions. Todd, you had a question. Don't worry about it. Let him finish. But I'd like to know what you guys would like to know because I could just sit here and just talk, and you would go, and we could just sit here and just listen. That's. <laughs> but hold on, we're gonna take a quick break, you know, and we're gonna come okay. back with Dr. Morrison. She has definitely given us so much of her story. And you know, we're sitting here all all open ears, open hearts, open minds, open spirits, because you know, and and the grand scheme of things, I'm a people don't know this about me. I'm a big historian. I love history, particularly black history. And I told you, Dr. Morrison, my mom was a teacher, so that was yes. really emphasized in my household, was learning about black black people, black historians. My grandfather was a jazz musician, played for forever, played with some of the greats. So I'm mm. always I'm always in tune to history of our people and why why it's important, you know, why it's important to retain it, why it's important to have it. So to have you on sharing the stories that you're sharing is better than gold. You know, thank you. We really appreciate that. Really, just just I can't even put it in words right now. I'm just so thankful for it. I, I know T and Ty are thankful for it. We're learning so much about j- you, but also the era that you that you started in, yeah, and and the importance of that era, and why that why that era has so much importance today. Yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. like you said, you paved, you have, you had others pave the way for you. They were crawling, right. you could walk, you did it, so we could run. And our kids are going to be able to fly. That's exactly what it's going to be. So, family, listen, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Remember, you can call us with your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. You listen to the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio, the indie station for the indie nation. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Michael from Upper Darby. Listen to the Jimmy's Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. Welcome back to the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We thank you for listening. Remember, family, you can call us at 844-844-1244. Again, that's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com and welcome back to jimmy boss podcast and Philadelphia radio the indie station for the indie nation remember family you can call us with your comments or questions at 844-844-1244 again it's 844-844-1244 you can also email us at jimmy boss podcast at gmail.com again it's jimmy boss podcast at gmail.com it's j-i-w-m-y-b-o-n-d-s podcast at gmail.com and family, tonight again, we are interviewing the fantastic, the phenomenal, the wonderful Miss Dr. Sylvia Traymore Morrison. She is giving us all her stories and letting us know about her career, what she's done. And also, family, I should definitely let you know she's a DC native. Anytime I talk to a DC native, I'm so super proud. And you know, this particular native, I'm extremely, extremely proud of. So, family, Dr. Morrison is definitely just letting us know what's going on. Um, and during a break, she was talking about her coming to Philly to do the Miss uh, Black, the Black Miss America pageant. And she was talking about how Philly has been so good to her. So go ahead and continue the story. I'm sorry. Continue the story. Well, you know, uh, they do the Miss Black America pageant. Well, they've done it for the last uh, five or six years at Temple University, except for the pandemic years. You know, we couldn't we couldn't do it. But every time I come to Philadelphia, for whatever reason, they treat me with all of this, this queenly stuff, 
you know, so it's like um, the first year I did the Miss Black America pageant, they brought me in as a judge. And then the next year it went so well, they brought me back as a judge and a co-host. Now, in the meantime, Philadelphia provided all this makeup stuff, people to come in and style you and the food. You know, the sponsors were just amazingly incredible. And you would have thought I was Miss Black America all over again, all (laughs) over again. Philadelphia is my town. Philadelphia hooks a sister up every time I come there. So I'm looking forward to coming in. I hope you all can come to the um, to the pageant. Oh, yes. it should, it, it, it's always an experience. It's always such an amazing experience for me because I was in the pageant in the early 70s. So imagine, you know, I missed Oprah Winfrey by one year. Mm. She was there a year before me or, or something like that. And um, of course, Tony, uh, Tony Braxton and yeah. ha- Halle Berry, yeah. you know, they've all been contestants in this pageant. So for me to see these young girls today, it's just, it, it inspires me. You know, it just it just it just makes me know that I'm doing the right thing, trying to gear younger people into what they do yeah, so that they can be inspired and and hopeful and all of that other good stuff, because it's real tough out here. Yeah. Yeah. It's real tough. I remember when I first started doing comedy, I didn't know anybody that looked like me. I had no girlfriends. I couldn't call nobody on the phone and say, meet me at the club. There was none of that. I was just by myself. <laughs> that's, you know, that's what it is. The, the, um, I started seeing comics come along like Marshall Warfield and Shirley Hemphill from, uh, what's happening. And, you know, it, it was, it was, it was, it was quite a deal. It was quite a deal. So yes, I can't wait for June for the pageants. I can be back in Philadelphia. <laughs> Listen, and I'm on Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're Philadelphia radio. Oh, good. That's right. Good. That's right. He's doing it. Family, remember that's in June. Definitely come if you if you're in Philly in June. Come check. Come please come check out the Miss Black America pageant. Ty, I know you had a question, brother. Go ahead, man. I know you got a question, bro. Yes, Doctor Morrison. What kind of work did you do with Yolanda Adams? You know what? Um, I was in the D.C. area, and Marcus Wiley, who was on her radio show or has been on her radio show, was doing a show in the area, and. I was invited by the pastor of the church because it's a big old church, big church to open for Marcus. And I did. And it was amazing. And he said, look, I want you to come to Texas, to Houston, because Yolanda Adams and I are doing a show together and I just need for her to see you. And so they flew me down to Houston and the church we performed in house, like 2,500 people. And it was like, I ended up doing a whole bunch of shows. Everybody that I've had the, the, the privilege of performing with, they always either break, bring me back or put me on the road with them. For instance, in 2019, I was in Las Vegas. I'd been hired to host the Play Awards. Okay. And this particular night, we had like two nights off. So I said, I'm going to go see George Wallace and then I'm going to go see Monique. Okay. So I, on my way to see George Wallace, when I run into a DC native who I knew who was a comedian, young comedian guy. And he said, well, Miss Sylvia, I'm headed to the Monique show because she's going to let me get on, on the stage for five minutes. And I said, well, that's awesome. Let me go and support him. I'll go to Monique's show tonight and then I'll go see George tomorrow. Well, when I got to 
Monique's show, Rodney Perry, who was her her host, seated me in the VIP section. He said, Monique is going to love you. When she hears about your history, she's going to love you. So sure enough, after her show was over with, she came over to me. She said, hey, Miss Sylvia, how you doing, sugar? (laughs) She said, I'm so embarrassed because I don't even know you, baby. But I I love us for real. You know, she would do that. So she started telling me about this woman. She said, you know what? Come back to my dressing room. And this part, guys, is another one of my favorite moments in my career. So I go back to her dressing room and everybody's back to her hairstylist, her road manager, her makeup artist, her personal man, you know, just all the security, everybody on her team was back there. And she set a chair in front of her and told me to sit there. And she said, have you ever heard of a woman by the name of Lucille Broken? So I said, don't think so. I, I vaguely remember her. She said, well, she was like the first rapper. She had a first hit record in 1921. Mm. And I said, oh my God, that's powerful. She said, and I've been promoting her because nobody knows about her. She said, she looked at her team and tears started forming in her eyes. And she said, guys, didn't we just talk about this this morning? Put your seatbelts on. I'm going to tell y'all something. Okay. <laughs> so everybody shook their head. Yes. And it was quiet. It was so quiet. They knew the bomb was coming. They knew something was coming. And she said, well, Miss Sylvia, this morning, Lucille Brogan came to me. Now she's deceased, right? And Monique said, she came to me and she said, Mo, Mo, don't worry about promoting me. I'm going to send you the woman you need to promote. And she said, Miss Sylvia, you walked in the door. Mm. Mm. And I mean, she just started, tears started rolling down her face. And from that moment on, she brought me back to Vegas for nine shows on her residency. She took me all around to different radio and television stations telling people who I was and that, you know, she didn't know me and she she figured they didn't know me either. She said, but you need to know her. So she she just, on the last night of her, uh, she was doing a show for the um, LGBT community. And George Wallace came in to see the show. And right after the show, I opened and, of course, she was the headline. But when I got off the stage, George Wallace got up out of his chair and ran back to where I was. Mm. And he said, that was, I've, I've just never seen anything like that. And he said, I'm going to be in your area at the Bethesda Blues and Jazz Club mm-hmm. in Silver Spring. And I'd love for you to come and do a show with me. And I was like, George don't even know that he's like one of my favorite comedians. <laughs> so Wallace sure man. enough, he um, he came to Maryland. I went up there and I did the show with him. And we've been best friends since then. Oh, you know, awesome. he says he, he couldn't believe that he'd never heard. He said, you've been doing you've been doing comedy longer than me. How is that possible? You know, <laughs> so that was another one of my jeweled nights because Monique brought me back for nine shows. You have to I, I had to at admit that I've been very blessed with these big stages, big stages. I mean, the Muhammad Ali Rose, really? Yes. I replaced Richard Pryor? Yeah. Really? At the Apollo, Apollo Theater? Apollo Theater, yeah. yeah. Look at you, Jimmy, knowing your but you, but, but you also did Warner Theater. I mean, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm from D.C., so you know Warner Theater is a big deal for me. Yeah. For people that yeah. don't know, even Dave Chappelle did a show at Warner Theater. But, uh, I was there that night too. I he was invited. too, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, I was for HBO no. special. I sure was in the crowd. Yes, ma'am. I sure was. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he took a picture with we we went up to Duke Ellington 
because mm. that's where he went to school. Okay. And so he wait, invited. Wait, wait, a- you got to tell people about Duke Ellington. They don't know about what Duke Ellington is. Okay. Um, okay. You got you to tell them that. about Duke Ellington. Uh, let, let her tell it because it, it's definitely a renowned school. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Duke Ellington actually was my high school, but they changed it to Duke Ellington. And it is the premier uh, school of the arts. Yes. In the Washington DMV yes. area. Yes. And probably second to none other than maybe the New York, maybe Juilliard. I don't know. I don't maybe. know. But possibly. Duke, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> and so he was uh, giving his Emmy to the school. And he invited a bunch of comics, myself included, up to Duke Ellington as he presented it. And so at the once he presented the award, he called all of us up on stage. I'm the only female in the group. I was the only one in the group. And he came and stood his little self right, right beside me. I thought it was so, so sweet. And uh, he took a picture to go on the front cover of the special that he did at the Warner. Theater. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was... Um, that that was that was fun that was that was a lot of fun and uh what was i saying before we even got on there but anyway so i, I think we were talking about monique yeah. and uh from that day forward when she sat me down and told me what happened and why she was uh led to promote me she's been doing it ever since you can go on ti and tiny's podcast there's Monique telling them about Sylvia Tramor Morrison. You can go on Sybil Wilkes's pod. You can go on the podcast that she does. She usually tell them who I am. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know what I did in life that these people show me so much love, but I'm very grateful and thankful for it. And, you know, my friend always said, it's your talent. They love your talent. You know, uh, Muhammad Ali's uh, first, uh, second wife that he had with all of his children, Kalila, she just, she asked me to write a forward to her book. She's mm. about to release a book. And I, I was like, she has maybe about 15 people writing the forward. But once you hear who all the people are that are writing the forward, it's like, wow. Well, I mean, after all, she was, she is, she's the mother of Ali's children. Yeah. Of my, Mr. Ali. I try to be respectful. But I was um, telling you guys about how that's what it was. So they were roasting Muhammad Ali at the Apollo Theater, right? That, did I say that earlier tonight? Yes. Okay. Did I tell you about how he came out on stage and grabbed my hand, took it to the front of the, I, I did an impression of him. <laughs> I did a daggone impression of Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> on the Apollo stage, scared to death. I was so scared. I was praying. I was like, God, please let this be good, please. Because it was me doing a man. He in front of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is either gonna make me or break me because yeah. everybody was there. If you were in sports, you were there that night. Yeah. And on the panel, they had Jim Brown, Fred Williamson. You know, they have these football players and basketball players and all these folks and uh, just, I mean, just an amazing group of people and the walls were packed with people standing room only. Oh my God. And I had the nerve, the audacity to think that it's okay for me to go out here and do my impression of Muhammad Ali. And <laughs> I, I went out there and when it was, oh, when I was done, I introduced him. He came out. I'm walking away. He grabs my hand. He takes same hand Whitney Houston had. <laughs> And this is before the Whitney Houston thing. So she had the hand after he had. He took me to the front of the stage and he said, 
wasn't she great? And then he said, you doing me? A woman doing me? That's just awesome. <laughs> and it was that night, guys and ladies, that Garrett Morris from Saturday Night Live came and told me I needed to meet his boss because Lauren Michaels was going to love me. Yeah. And he took me over to NBC and Mr. Michaels offered me a job right there on the spot as an associate writer for Saturday Night Live. Saturday SNL. go. And they were S- only four years old. They were only four years old at the time. Now, what was it now, like writing for Saturday Night Live? Well, now here's, that's a good story. And yeah. the story's in my book. It was, um, you got to keep in mind that a Black girl in the 70s, first of all, they they did they would be saying stuff when I finally start going to black clubs, they would say stuff like, why do you even want to be a comedian? You know, you're a beauty queen. You do this, you do that. Why, they, they, I was rarely let on stage. And I try not to share those kind of stories in my books because I'm, I'm trying to inspire people, you know. But Monique told me, she said, ah, oh, Miss Sylvia, you need to put them stories right back in your book, sugar. <laughs> like you need her. to put them right back. <laughs> she sounds just like <laughs> <laughs> So um, I didn't really stay with Saturday Night Live uh, long. And it was also the year I was uh, I gave birth to my first daughter. Mm. So it was I was kind of sick from morning. Sick. Oh, it was <laughs> it was like, really? I mean, like, do I have to be sick? I got to go to work. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but I remember my my first job uh, that they assigned me to. I was working for. I didn't even know these people. I heard of Linda Ronstadt. She's this white girl who's a singer mm-hmm. and also Bob Hope's wife. Oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> and I'm all backstage looking at all the dressing rooms with the big John Bellucci, Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, Gilda Rad, you know, all that stuff. So I don't even, to, it's been such a long time. I'm clouded about what I was doing there. Yeah. So I didn't, you wouldn't see any of the stuff that I, I didn't write anything to go on TV because okay. a lot of people want to know which episodes were you involved in. I never got a chance to, to, to do that. So, but it was the fact that I was right there. Yes. I was there. Yes. You know, I was yes. there with them. So. Definitely. Okay. See, I know, I know you, I know you, you, you're doing your thing. See, go ahead. I want you to ask your question, sis. Well, now after that story, what? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Out of all the places that you performed, what was your, not most memorable, but what was like the like, wow, because you did Apollo. So I'm guessing that probably was the wow. But was that your wow? Like, wow, I'm here. The, w- what, the which one? Yes. Said- all the arenas and everywhere you perform. What was your like, wow? I'm here. OK, so we were I think it was Indiana. We were in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I was with Whitney and they had us at a stadium, a stadium. Mm. So I'm like, God, people, I mean, just, I mean, imagine being at JFK or, or yeah. just yeah. a big stadium. This was like 38,000 people. How is little old me that nobody knows going to just get and capture the brains and the attention of 38,000 people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That It didn't matter because the question was irrelevant. You got to go out there and do it. Yeah. They hired you to do this. And I remember being out on the stage. It was going so well. It was like, I, I just wanted to scream, thank you. I just wanted to scream. And all of a sudden, just as I was finishing, 
here come these this this whole trail of limousines coming down the stadium, and it was Whitney, right? She was in the car, <laughs> and when the audience between them roaring for me and roaring for the fact that Whitney was just coming, it almost hurt your ears. So that was a wow. That was a real, that's the first time I told that. So thank you for asking. Oh, thank you for sure. Yeah, but it was it was like amazing. It's it's like. I have some some days that I can think back on that were so amazing that I, you know, I didn't know that I was special. I just didn't know it. Yeah. And I, I'm still thankful for I'm so thankful for this podcast. Yeah. I'm thankful for this because no, this we, is we thank you. We thank you, Dr. Morrison. We we thank you because this is I'm getting chills right now. And that's that's all honest. Like I'm getting chills. I can't believe. The stories that you have, the richness of everything. I mean, you know, people, you get on podcasts, they start name dropping. Like, no, no, you're not even, you're nowhere near name dropping. You are, <laughs> you are telling stories that people live their life to to try to tell. But it's yeah. that the genuine part of the stories that you're telling. Yes. Like, it's very, like, authentic. Like, it's that, that we love. Yeah. Thank See, you. T- love to hear Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's real. It's it's definitely real. See, I know I know that you 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 probably got to do your thing, but um, I, I I can't even tell you how how grateful I am to be hearing your your life, some of the things you've done in your life, and just how much you have done. You know, fifty three years in, in in entertainment, and not just comedy, but entertainment in general. You know, that is a lifespan for some people. That's people don't even live that long, and you've been doing yeah. it longer than that, and you know, I I read some part, some passage in your in your book, almost there, um, almost there, almost. Yes. And you know, one thing that stood out to me there's there was there's a bit of concepts that I think that our generation is not familiar with that I kind of wanted to touch on, and that is really when you were growing up, and this is kind of like you know some of the, the most famous ones. A lot of the actors and, and entertainers got their start really in their in their living room. Mm-hmm. That's what they kind of mm-hmm. like molded their skill. That's what they kind of developed, you know, who they are. And, right. you know, I'm not sure if that's how it's done now. I think a lot of people want to get on YouTube and, you know, yes. do it that way. But back then, you know, your audience was your family. And yes. and if your family didn't approve or <laughs> say to you, like they let you know. And that, that's your <laughs> hardest audience right there. You know, that's your hardest, that's your hardest audience. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking about your dad. And how much you 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 loved your father? Mm-hmm. You, you were you were you know you the baby you were the baby's girl you know that I have a daughter so I know I know I can relate to that right? Yes. Um, it got me thinking about you watching him dance and how he's a tap dancer and how that was that was very that was one of the things you said was you know you would have thought that he was professional with the way that he did it. Yes. And so I, yes. I often I often wondered was was he a bit of a of a inspiration for you as far as you getting on stage and performing because in in a, in a sense you had an example but it just wasn't what everybody else knew was what you knew you know so yeah. was your was your father a bit of an example for you to say hey you can actually do this i think what um i'm glad you said you have a daughter because a lot of and, and you can identify because a lot of guys don't understand who they are to those little girls let me tell you my father was a king in my mind, yeah. he was a, I'm talking a real king. Yeah. He'd fought in two wars, two, not just one. He, he spoke, he spoke with two languages, right? Yeah. 
yeah, he, he could speak all these different. And and I I don't know if you read the part, but I remember one day I was in junior high school and uh, we were invited to sing for this famous jazz guy, this famous jazz guy. He was we didn't know anything about jazz. I mean, my neighborhood, we listened to Motown. Yeah. You know, we just there wasn't no jazz. <laughs> what? So we get down there and I see this older man, much older man, sitting in a chair, just sitting there. And I kind of felt sorry for him. But he looked like somebody my dad may have known. And if you know my dad, we were cool. We could because I loved my father with everything I had. And so I walked over to this older man and I said, Excuse me, do you know a man named John Morrison? And he looked at me like, I don't know, where, where, where would I know him from? I said, well, we live at 16th and Corcoran in Northwest D.C. <laughs> and you just look very familiar. And he said, I tell you what, because I was going to get the guy in free. We were singing for the at, at the mayor's office. Yeah. He looked at me. He said, I tell you what, when you get home, tell your father that Duke Ellington said hello. Wow. Look at me. Watch this. Watch this, Jimmy. Look, I, I looked at him. I said, what's your name? <laughs> He said, tell him Duke Ellington said hello and that we might be long lost cousins. Oh. I ain't thought no more about him because some people came and rushed him out. And so I said, poor thing. He died. I was going to get him in free, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure if my dad had. Uh, I, I was just fascinated with how well he danced. Yeah, I didn't equate it to me being in the entertainment industry because I was more fascinated with how smart he was yes. in terms of speaking three different languages. Yes. And I knew that the war had affected the both wars had affected him because he, he kind of cheated in order to get into the first war mm -hmm. because he was from North Carolina and his father was dead and his, you know, there were three of them. He was the oldest. And so he went to the United States army and told them and upped his age mm -hmm. so he could get in the army and, kind of help his mother, my grandmother mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, those were the visions I had of him. That's why I was so proud of him because I said, this, this man was willing, I mean, he was a kid, like what, 16 or 17 going into the army or what, however, he wasn't old enough to be in the army, just put it that way. But he went anyway and he fought for a country that was not really too receptive mm -hmm. of black men. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I have to just keep it real, you know, and I know I get a lot of flack sometimes, but people don't know how much I love military men and women based on my trip to Europe to entertain yes. the American troops. Yeah. So I've, I've countered that with, oh, no, in every show that I do today, I don't care where I am, who I'm with, what's going on. I ask veterans in the audience to stand up so we can applaud our heroes. Amen. Do that every yes. show. And that's 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 what we're supposed to do. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what we're supposed to do. My dad was a vet, you know, and and, and it's just I don't think we pay we, we give vets enough credit for what they oh, do for our don't. country, particularly our African American vets, particularly right. our, our black vets. I mean, they right, don't, absolutely. They don't, they don't, I agree. <laughs> I mean, like you said, the fighting for a country that doesn't appreciate them. I mean, I mean, and that's I'm using that as an understatement, appreciate. Um yeah. Right, right, right. You know, it's it's just it's it's mind-boggling sometimes what they do, how they do it, but it's really to protect the ideals of who our country is, yeah, and, and who we yeah. are as a nation. And you know, beyond all the bigotry that goes along with it, we are all Americans. We all mm -hmm. we all have our roots here. So absolutely, you know, it, it's absolutely it was, it was critical. You know, even speaking about my daughter, I was I was sitting here, I was sitting in my house researching you. I had some videos come up, and she said, "Daddy, who's that?" 
so bad. So sweet. That's Dr. That's Dr. Morrison. She said, Dr. Morrison, who's that? I'm gonna interview for the podcast. She said, You gonna interview for the podcast? Because she she's seen all the stuff. She's Googling, you know, she's sick, so she's seen it. She knows how to Google and find stuff on YouTube. So she's like, Daddy, you gonna interview her? I said, Yeah, babe, I'm gonna interview her. It's, it's gonna be really dope. She was just like, Oh, daddy. And she, my daughter is is the epitome of me as far as entertainment. She loves to sing, she loves to dance. She's a comedian. She she tries to do pranks. <laughs> She's that kind of kid. So just to even be even have this opportunity to talk about this with you. And I knew how much you love your father. And I look mm-hmm. at my daughter and I see how she how much she adores me as yes. her dad is is just like. It was one of those things I just said, you know, you, and there was a passage in your book. You said it hurts your heart sometimes to hear a lot of our women not have the relationship with their father that they that you have. Yeah, it does. And, it really and, does. And the way you said fathers are just they're, they're gold in the sense that that was and I'm, I'm not quoting you from the book, but that was the, to the extent yeah. that you were saying. Right. Right. It, it just made it made me just think about, you know, how much black fathers how much we don't know the influence we have on our, on our, on our young women. Yes. Uh, yes. In general, you know, just, just as far as like who we are as representation, you know, it, it, it touched me. And I have to say that just from one father, you know, and Ty's a dad as well. Ty has a daughter as well. T T's super close to her father. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where we just, we're honored. I, I'm humbled to even hear the way you talk about your dad. And I, and I know it's kind of going on a tangent and, you know, going on, going off spew, but it was important for me to mention that because, you know, for a long time, black dads have gotten such a bad rap or black men yes. have gotten such a bad That's, rap. Yeah, they have. Aspects. But for to read what you wrote, I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what, you know, the type of type of things that I love to talk about because people don't they don't talk about it enough. They really and, That's a subject. I got to go with you on that one. That's a subject that's not brought up enough. And I don't know how this may sound, but. I wish that a lot of guys, especially our brothers, knew who they were to their their daughters. Mm-hmm. My my father couldn't do any wrong, none. <laughs> Even when he went out and bought that gun yeah, and, out and, in Virginia, you know, and it's, shot, it's shot the yeah, gun. I know, see, I know, I know. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. Read the book. Read the book. Almost. But he there, was. Almost. He was. Uh, he was. Very, I, I just. I see some of my friends who have, even the granddaughters. You know, even this with even with. The granddaughters, they just, especially when that father is representative of his father, you know, and it's, it, it, it gets really deep. It gets yeah, deep. Yeah, it and I get to doing imitations of them anyway. So, you know, it's like. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, yeah, we, we could talk. I could talk forever about that. I really could. You know, I'll do that. Yeah, we're going we gonna to get back to the script. Look, we're going to get back to it. We're we going to have one more question and then, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to go to break. T, I want you to ask your last question before you go. Can you do that for me, sis? Okay. Um, what's next? Since the pandemic lifted, a lot of what I was doing prior to then is coming back to surface. This Saturday, I'm doing a show with a woman by the name of Angela Moore. She's a young Black female comedian down in Virginia, and she's starting to put together these comedy shows. And she asked me if I would headline her show. Mm. And, you know, I'm at a point where I, I don't, I don't want to say it like that, but I, I just don't do the local baby comedy shows anymore. I mean, it's that's just how it goes when you start going. But I thought about it, thought about it very hard. And I said, you know what? When I was her age and I needed certain things, people were so receptive. They helped me out so much. You know, they did things that, I mean, who? It's like, Sylvia, 
you can do this show for Angela. And she doesn't know any of this, but because I told her I was going to announce it at the show, what it meant when she asked me to do her show. And, you know, it, it's it's like, I know it's going to be, it, it's probably going to be something huge for her to have me there because in this, in our, in the DC area, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like, they, they love for me to be at the shows. And, and so I decided I would do the show. She told me, she said, Miss Sylvia, I know I can't afford you. And I said, no, 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 no. Here's what the deal is. It's not even about the money. It's about the integrity behind it. You a young black girl struggling, trying to have a good show, get your name out there. Why shouldn't I? Why should I not do it? Simply because, well, I don't do little local. No, I'll, I will be at your show, honey. I will be there. Don't you worry. You can tell folks I'm going to be there. I'll be there. So there. Awesome. Uh, so, and then um, I'm, I'm trying not to schedule too much because the play is coming back. We were supposed to open at the Howard Theater when the first round of COVID came. So they is canceled our, it. Is that our Aldrich or at our hmm? Aldrich, Ira Aldrich Theater that was? Ira Aldrich. No, the Howard Theater on 7th Street, not at Howard. The university. How it cancels the how it theater got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, even though I would love to do the the uh our Aldrich. I, I've one. done it. I've done it. Oh, yeah. Wow. I did it. I did it when I was a young buck. I did it. <laughs> I'll tell oh. you, I will tell you about that. I'll tell you about that later on. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, let's see. We have I have uh oh I have to check my calendar every day because I, they put stuff on it and I don't be knowing what's on it. So I'm like, okay. Uh but I know that the show Saturday is in Virginia. You know what? The um Nation of Islam invited me out to do their Savior's Day. Get out of here. The only woman they ever invited to headline here. their show. They didn't ask me to wear a hijab. I would have worn it, you know, if they had, if they, you know, if that was the thing. But Mrs. Um, Farrakhan and her entire troop came riding in there on these little electronic seats to get them a front row seat, and it was, it was just so amazing to see. I couldn't even see the end of the people. That's mm. how many people were there, and it was, it was like a privilege. Yeah. So I'm doing Angela's show Saturday, and then I have. The Hard Rock Cafe in Atlantic City for two oh, nights. Oh. And then, oh, that's my daughter's baby sh- baby shower. And then I'm um, <laughs> uh, baby shower. <laughs> my daughter's baby shower. I'll be there for the baby shower. Um, so uh, the play is probably one of the biggest shows. And then for Mother's Day, oh my God, Mother's Day. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna do it. I'm in Washington the day before the day before Mother's Day. And then I'm in Frederick, Maryland with the Def Jam comedy uh, reunion. But I'm not a Def Jam comic. But because it's Mother's Day, they say I'm the mother of comedy. They, they asked me to be on the show. And I said, yes. of course, I'll, I'll be on the show. Yes, for And sure. then I'll be in, in Charlotte. I'll be in Charlotte, actually, first with the, 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 the Nation of Islam folks again. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be in Frederick at a show at the Weinberg Center, which is like a, a nice big spot. Yeah. And then I'm with Joe Claire on Mother's Day oh, at um at the DC Improv. Yeah. I mean you you are really yeah, listen, busy schedule. She she is moving, she is shaking. Family, do not please do not miss any of her shows. If you out there you go and you're in any of these cities, she's she's so you cute. make sure that you go see these shows because Miss Tremor, Dr. Morrison is legit the mother of comedy believe me <laughs> like she, i mean like really all all in i mean you just 
again, I, I I talk to people all the time who just name drop and name drop and name drop. And it's like, I'm listening to these people that you, Joe Claire, Joe Claire, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you know, people don't even know, like, Ty, Ty know who Joe Claire is. Yeah. You, 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 oh, know, okay. you from that era. I mean, it's people right. that I grew up watching him. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just... You you talk about being blessed and, you know, often often say sometimes people have plans. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. It, it seems like it seems like you have been really just like and don't take this word the wrong way ordained mm-hmm. to do certain things. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and in a sense of, of just like you just it seemed like this guy got your hand and taking you where you need to go like all the time, you know, and. Yeah. You know, it's just I'm just I'm floored, really. Just, I'm really floored by a lot of stuff, stories you're telling us right now. But listen, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back, family, with Doctor Tra- Doctor Sylvia Traymore Morrison. More stories from her. I, I'm I'm really speechless right now. Know me, I'm not speechless. I I'm really just taken <laughs> back by all this. I'm I'm sitting in front of a living legend, and it's such an honor, it's such a privilege. The family is is very. I think we we are just flabbergasted by the amount of knowledge and wealth of knowledge wealth of experience that you have so yeah we're we gonna take a quick break <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break remember family you can call us with your comments and questions at 844-844-1244 again it's 844-844-1244 you can also email us at jimmy bonds podcast at gmail.com again it's jimmy bonds podcast at gmail.com it's j-i-m-m-y-b-o-n-d-s podcast at gmail.com you listen to jimmy bonds podcast on philadelphia radio the indy station for the indy nation we'll be right back Hey, this is Michael from Upper Darby. This is Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Every Radio. Welcome back to the Jimmy Bonds Podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We thank you for listening. Remember, family, you can call us at 844-844-1244. Again, it's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com and welcome back to jimmy bonds podcast and Philadelphia radio the indie station for the indie nation remember family you can call us with your comments questions at 844-844-1244 again it's 844-844-1244 you can also email us at jimmy bonds podcast at gmail.com again it's jimmy bonds podcast at gmail.com it's j-i-m-m-y-b-o-n-d-s podcast at gmail.com and again, family, we are interviewing the lovely, the fantastic, the phenomenal Miss Dr. Sylvia Traymore Morrison. I am honored, ties on it, tees on it, yes. just to have you on. I know she has to go, family. We we're gonna wrap this up real quick. I had I had a slew of questions to ask you, even while we were <laughs> while you were on here. But okay, well, you know, as before you go, tell us what you're doing with the DC Urban Art Project. That project has since um you know what I noticed when you when we first came on, and I'm trying to get that bio off the air because the the DC Arts uh, project is no longer the the people who are doing that had to move out of the area, and so they can't they renamed it I think to the Los Angeles or wherever it is that they moved to. So I'm not involved in that anymore, and it's been been gone for about four years. Okay, now. so even talking about that though, one of the biggest things that I always before we even started recording, I was saying that artists in dc now dc is, is a melting pot people don't notice about dc it's a melting yeah, pot yeah. full of mm-hmm. artists of all types of different talent yes and you know a lot of times artists from dc do not get the recognition they deserve 
um, in a in a very in a, in a big way. I mean, some of the biggest names have come from DC. Absolutely, there's some artists that you don't know that are just super talented. What do you feel? Right. What do you feel about that? In 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 a sense, well, you know, I don't know if you guys know yet or not, but they uh, recently did a. They are doing a documentary on the comedians from this area. And it's called DC, the Mecca of comedy. Mm. And on that, here we go, name dropping. I'm sorry, but this is this is who it's already done. I've seen the trailer. Um, there's uh, Dave Chappelle, Martin Lawrence, mm. uh, Tommy Davidson, myself, yep. Chris Thomas, Wanda Sykes. You know, all the people that are from DC. Their do their documentary is highlighting. DC being the mecca of comedy, Dominique, uh, just Mike Brooks, you know, it, it just, it, Joe Claire, uh, it just goes on and on and on all these people. And it's like amazing yeah. when you see all of the people from DC in this documentary, Yeah, Greg yeah. Poole. Um, oh my God. Teddy Carpenter. No, I don't think Ted's in it or Pierre. I don't think either one of them in it, but it's enough from the DC area. To it show is. that, oh my God, DC is the mecca of comedy. The mecca of the, the mecca of comedy. Now, my, my yeah. daughter's name is Mecca, so I'm very, uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm big on that, right? Um, okay. <laughs> but one of the things I was going to ask you, and I know, I know we short on time, but where, where is your documentary, A Legend Among Us? Is that going to be, is that going to be worked on or finished? Because I'm, I'm looking to see that. Well, they started that documentary. They put the trailer out, mm-hmm. and then. I have an opportunity that is, uh, and that was done a couple of years ago because of who else is interested in doing the documentary, which is, I don't want to throw names, but you know, (laughs) it's it's like they, it's, it's a whole different world with the new documentary that's coming up. Yeah. Because, because you need to have the same type of documentary that moms maybe have. um, And you need to have that type of acclaim. People need to capture this story, understand who you are, what you've done, what you've accomplished. Um, and she, she, you know, most times when you, when you, when you see stuff like this, you think these people have, have, have passed away. I'm, I'm sitting here talking to entertainment royalty, to be honest with you. Um, just, just the amount of stuff that you've done and, and, and just how you have helped others, how you've influenced others, how, you know, you, you, and you know, people always talk about pay it forward, you know, the pain. Yes. Forward. But yes. you, you, you had it done to you. You're doing it for others. And it is, it is a remarkable thing to really understand you know your your extensive amount of work that you've done and accomplished. Um, you've graced you've graced stages that people have lived to try to grace forever. You know what I mean? Even when I was reading the story about you at the Carter Baron with Richard Pryor and um, how that how that went down. People don't know about the Carter Baron, but the Carter Baron is, is yeah, a very, it's, a, it's a place down in D.C. But even with that, I was reading that. I'm just like Richard Pryor. What? What and how and you know I replaced him in the Muhammad Ali rose with the rose yeah so I mean just I mean six six degrees of separation but you know you you have you've done so much you know you have accomplished so much do you ever look at yourself and just say you know because you don't have the aura of I'm the ish I've done all the stuff you know I'm I'm blah 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 you have the aura of a person that's extremely appreciative of where you are in your life and what you've done do you ever feel like like you walking on on you walking on clouds, you know what I mean? That you that you are, that you are really, you know. You have sometimes you gotta pat yourself on the back and say, I've done some some amazing things in my life. But being who you are, I mean, you you wake up and put your pants on like everybody else. Do you? Right. I mean, do, do right. you? You know what I mean? Do you understand it that that it's it's so it's not just amazing. Amazing would be belittling what you've accomplished. 
you know, you have you have really just paved the way for so many other comedians, male and female, you know, black and white. Yeah. And, you know, how, how does that make you feel? Well, you know, I had they, uh, there's a book out called Comedians Laugh, Be a Lady. And there's one ch- chapter in that book that I was online one day and this this comedian comes on. And he says, oh, my God, I was at Barnes and Noble and I saw this book, Comedians Laugh, Be a Lady. And he said, and Sylvia Traymore Morrison was, we, we were all on like a chat room or whatever. And he said, and Sylvia Traymore Morrison was in this book. So me, I have to, oh, they done wrote another, they got another book because, you know, people are starting to write about me in their books and so forth. And so I went and got a copy of the book. And when I opened up the chapter, it started out with Mary Tyler Moore, Jean Stapleton, Cloris Leachman, all these white female legends. Mm. And then... Sylvia Traymore Morris. So I called the author and I said, you know, you got me in there with Valerie Stapleton and uh, Marita, all of these white girls who were major, major artists. And she said to me, she said, Miss Sylvia, you were right there with them. The only difference is aside from you being a black girl, you didn't get the TV coverage that they got. Because if you'd gotten the TV coverage, your name would be just as big as theirs. And so I, I I found that to be quite fascinating. And then she said to me, and this was like, wow. She said, no, she said a female uh, with black skin and who does impressions may have been too big of a novice at the time that, you know, industry people just didn't know what to do with you. That's real. That's real. And so that was, that was awakening for me. But I appreciated her saying that you were right there with them. The only difference is you didn't get the TV coverage. Yeah. So I remember I was home by myself one day and I was just, you know, fooling around in the mirror, getting my hair done, putting on makeup. And I looked, I, I saw this woman and it hit me, Jimmy, that God, I used to think that God made everybody special except for me. I even started out one of my books like that. I said, he, he, he just made everybody. I knew people who could run faster than, you know, they in the Olympics. I knew people who were the best double Dutch dance. Just, I mean, just they could sing. They didn't have to study. They were so smart. You know, everybody was so special. I didn't have anything special. And then I looked at myself one day and it just, just all of a sudden hit me. Sylvia, <laughs> you're the only black girl in America that has this talent. Yeah. How how cool, how special is that? Yeah. And so nowadays, I've seen maybe three other girls who do impressions. And I can't tell you how that warms my heart. All those years, you know, I'm, I'm 53 years in. And all those years, I was alone in that category. There was nobody to compare me with. There was no, you know, it was just me. And I had to take a moment and be thankful. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'll do a show like Angela Moore's show. Yeah. This coming Saturday. Yeah. Because, you know, there could have been many women that she could have chosen who do what I do, but they, they I'm, I'm one of very few yeah. today. But for 40 some years, I was it. I was it. There was nobody else. So I have to be, I have to have a certain amount of, Great gratefulness mm. and thank yous in my heart yeah. for all of that. And it has been a, a rich journey. It's been, and it's still being a rich journey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I'm, I, I have some stuff 
coming up further down the lines, it's not, you know, it's not even being promoted yet. I mean, but, you, you done given us your calendar. Your calendar enough would be anybody's. <laughs> they, they look, time, all right? You, you talk yes. about, there's a bunch of artists right now with a calendar like you was probably like, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, she ain't stopping. She ain't stopping. Well, see, if Whoopi Goldberg was here, this is what she'd say. She'd say, okay, okay, let me, let me, let me put this, let me just say this. Let me just say this. I'm so silly. Anyway, I had to throw in another impression <laughs> oh, for the audience so Listen, they could I, know. Oh, Dr. Morrison, I know you got to go, but I, I have to tell you from my heart, from the team's heart, I thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. You are a gift from God, golden mm-hmm. beyond your years. And we just thank you so much for all that you have done. Coming on tonight is is definitely a very humbling and appreciative experience. Ty, what do you want to say before she goes, bro? Thank you, too. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I want to say thank you, Dr. Morrison. And first thing tomorrow, I'm going to tell my daughter about you as well. She's out in California. Yeah, she's 26. She's out in California right now. Yes. You have a 26-year-old daughter. Yes. (laughs) What? I I didn't know when to stop. I was just, I just, yes, 26, yes. Well, thank you. Thank you both very much for that. I appreciate it. And I'm so glad that you guys were recommended. For me to do this and i've totally enjoyed myself and it's almost like i'm sitting in my living room talking to you guys so thank you for that too <laughs> that, i that appreciate love. it that's like we, we we are definitely appreciative I'm, I'm lost for words i always have a lot to say ty would tell you i always have a lot to say i, got lot, I ramble on forever jimmy don't stop, <laughs> jimmy don't stop talking <laughs> i'm lost for words and i'm just you know i'm, I'm I, it's one of those things that i'm just it's kind of like something i, I would have dreamt about meeting someone that has accomplished what you've accomplished. Again, thank Dr. You. Morrison, thank you so much. Yes. We appreciate you. Go get Dr. Morrison's books. Almost there, almost. Mm-hmm. Me, God, Satan, and COVID-19. Please go get that book. And what the other book was? And the Jelly Beans Jelly from Beans Heaven. Jelly Beans. Jelly Beans from Heaven. I'm yes. just on the tip of my tongue. Please go get her book thank from Amazon. You. They're all on Amazon. Make mm-hmm. sure you check her out. She has tons of stuff on YouTube. Check her out on Instagram. What's your Instagram plug? Sylvia T. Morrison. Sylvia T. Morrison. She is hilarious. If you check out her stories on Instagram, you will find stuff that will make you die laughing. I saw her yesterday killing it. Okay. <laughs> family, she is she is phenomenal. Is there anything you want to say before you go, Dr. Morrison? Just happy to have been a guest here on your show. And uh, if, if, if you're in the area and I have a show coming up, please, by all means, come join us. I'm definitely going to be I'm there. Joking. We're definitely okay. going to be there. But family, Thank listen, you. remember, you can call us with your comments or questions at 844 844 That's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. It's J-I-W-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. And remember, family, also, we are still in the COVID-19 pandemic, so please, please, please wear your mask, wash your hands, practice social distancing. And remember to tell your friends and your family that you love them because you never know when you might get another chance. I'm Jimmy Bonds. Philadelphia Radio to any station for the Indy Nation. And we're out. Peace. Fam, that's going to wrap the show. We want to thank you for listening to Jimmy Bond's podcast on Philadelphia Radio. We ask you to leave your comments and questions at 844-844-1244. Again, that's 844-844-1244. You can also email us at jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's jimmybondspodcast at gmail.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y-B-O-N-D-S podcast at gmail.com. Now remember, family, we are still in a COVID-19 pandemic, so please, please, please remember to wash your hands, wear a mask, and practice social distancing. Also, remember to take nothing for granted. 
and value every opportunity you have with your friends, your family, and your loved ones. For in these times, every moment is sacred. So until the next episode, you can find me on Go Hope Road, screaming, stay up, don't sleep in your dreams. I'm Jimmy Bonds, and I'm out. Fight on, come on. Fight on.